Alright, alright, NBA Quick Pod is locked and loaded for Friday, October the 21st. Mackenzie Rivers in the house. I'm your host, Sleepy J. Today, I've gone through the NBA card for Friday. Plenty of games to go ahead and pull some wagers out of, but now it's my turn to go ahead and convince Mackenzie Rivers to go ahead and buy into one of my handicaps. I'll stick to the structure that we laid out on Thursday. I'll give a handicap on a side, a total, and a player prop. Mackenzie, he's going to go ahead. He's going to grade those handicaps on which one he believes is the best. That's the one he's going to buy. But he'll grade them on a scale of 1 to 10. Mackenzie, before we go ahead and move in, we do have to talk about yesterday's results. You made it really easy on me, dude. <laughs> you went 3-0. and You gave out the Bucks. You gave out the Lakers under. You gave out Westbrook unders. They all hit 3-0. and That was a great way to start out. So you made my job easy. I'm hoping I can make your job as easy. Do you have anything to say? for your undefeated suggestion day. Yes, and you could have donated five points to the other side of each of those three plays, and they all would have won and covered. You know, not going to lie, happy about it. Onward we move, as Dave Esler likes to say, we move on. So what do you got for me today for this card? All right, here's what I'm going to do for my side play. I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to back the Washington Wizards minus one and a half. Why? The Bulls are now starting with their second straight road game, and the Wizards now have their home opener. I'd be a supporter of the situational play in the first place, but on the surface, it feels like this is kind of like a twofold thing against the Bulls here. As I mentioned, Bulls' second road trip uh, so early in the season and the Wizards with a home game. But I think the Wizards fans will actually pack the house here on Friday night. Mac, I would actually be interested in you know, what the straight-up and ATS records are for NBA road teams for the first week, and I guess better yet, you know, a team's second game on the road if the first game was on the road so how was that second game on back-to-back roadie so curious how that might actually stack up the Bulls Zach Levine he's going to end up being out according to reports and some of that will show up in this game I believe let me throw a pointless stat at you guys right now the Wizards are the number three team in the league in rebound differential it probably means nothing being that it's only one game but I am trying to convince McKenzie to go ahead and give me a score here uh, even if the information is worthless here's what's not worthless to this handicap though The Wizards do have a big three. Right now, that's Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis. And the Bulls right now, their big three is pretty much down to DeRozan, Vukovic, and DeSumo. And that's going to be on the road. Give credit to the Bulls for winning on the road in Miami. But I do think that that result is giving us value here with the Wizards. The Bulls opened up as a favorite, and money came in immediately here on Washington. So I have the feeling that that has something to do with the uh, second road game here for the Bulls. Washington was a dead team last year, but they are not this year. So my suggestion for my side play there, McKenzie, is going to be the Washington Wizards minus one and a half. All right. I'm going to give that a 7.1. I'll stamp it 7.1. All right. Not bad. Not bad. Didn't think I was actually going to get that high of a score. Let's see if I can go ahead and outdo that one there. Uh, so here's my total play there, McKenzie. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Warriors Nuggets first half over. 117 and a half points at minus 105. This is simple. The Nuggets new lineup change obviously has created some major issues for them on defense. Utah, a team who many thought would stink and probably be one of the worst teams in the league. They finished with 75 points by themselves in the first half against Denver. Utah eventually cruised to 123 points. I don't think anybody saw that coming. Golden State, a very good defensive effort against LeBron and why not? It was a TNT game. It was opening night. The Warriors did not want to get punked by LeBron, you know, especially on ring night. So the Dubs brought the defense, and they cruised to a big win themselves with 123 points. 
Mackenzie, I'd like to see the title winning team's performance in game two of the season after an opening season first game win. This says letdown to me here for the Warriors defense, but the offense, I don't think that'll let down at all because the Nuggets defense actually might have some major kinks to work out. So I see both teams scoring here in the first half. First half over 117 and a half. How you feeling about that one? Made some strong points at the end. I'm going to give that a 7.0. Stamp it a 7.0. My one concern is, are we overreacting to one really bad Nuggets performance defensively? Because you know Coach Malone is only going to be talking about that the entire run-up time up to game two. All right, 7.0. I have a feeling my next one's going to outdo all that. So, And I'm going to make this short and sweet there, McKenzie. So this is my prop play. And I'm going to let you kind of explain the handicap, which I think is fun. Terry Rozier over points. This wager is available right now on FanDuel at 20 and a half at minus 128. The total for the Hornet game is 10 points higher than the opening game was yesterday. Oh, and by the way, the Hornets are going to have their home opener tonight. So my play here, Terry Rozier over 20 and a half points at minus 128. It doesn't take any more than that, McKenzie. I'm going to give that an 8.1. That's strong. And you said I can explain why I like this pick a little bit. We were just talking. We were just trying to think of a prop that we like together for the a Wednesday night action. And Terry Rozier over 23 and a half versus the Spurs was right up there. It was one of the ones we considered before we ended up going with Josh Hart. And he overperformed. He scored 24 points. And like you said, the total is 10 points higher. The Pelicans have Devontae Graham, not a particularly noted point guard defender. The Pelicans, not a particularly noted defensive team especially running up and down with zion now i like this play this play play makes a lot of sense to me as you explained the total rising up should correspond with rosier playing or scoring at least the same amount of points if not a little bit more this being less yeah i'm gonna go ahead and buy that rosier over 20 and a half good handicap i'm gonna solidly stamp it 8.0 All right, baby. I like that. 8.0. So far, that's the highest score there, McKenzie. Hopefully, I can go ahead and deliver. If I can go 3-0, I think we're on to something here with what we're trying to do. Yesterday, McKenzie, I went ahead and I had a hot topic, and I wanted to talk about the Boston Celtics head coach, maybe potentially being head coach of the year at 14-1 to odds. Now it's your turn to go ahead and give us the hot topic tonight. You sent me what the topic was. I'm really interested in what your thoughts are with your hot topic. Chris Paul may be done. I'm sorry to say, guys, I've been a Chris Paul fan, especially the late vintage Chris Paul. After this guy got, let's call it, um, excused from the Houston Rockets, James Harden, after a tough finals loss to the Warriors, said, I know what we have to do. I know what we have to do. I'm not going to say it, but I know what we have to do. It wasn't but, I don't know, maybe two weeks later, Daryl Morey was on the phone, and Chris Paul was shipped off to the Thunder, and people thought Chris Paul's Life as a premier point guard at 36 years old was done. Well, then he switched to an all-vegan diet, and he committed to proving all those haters wrong. In OKC, they covered 62% of the time his one year there. Then his first year in Phoenix, they cover almost 60% of the time. This guy has been elite, all right? I don't want to take anything away from him, and he's improved with age at an age that many thought he couldn't do it. But okay, last year they were the number one seed. They got to the playoffs. They got a 2-1 lead. They had a 3-2 lead. And Chris Paul has played terribly, not bad, terribly for now five consecutive games. Here's his point total in shooting. 
Five points in a loss. Game four at Dallas. Two for four shooting. Seven points the next game. 13 points. 10 points, all right? That was game seven. They lost by 33, though, at home. So 10 points on four for eight shooting. Not that great. Fast forward to this year. Fifth game in a row. Not that great. One for six shooting. Four points. And here's the clincher with seven minutes to go in a must-win revenge game that everyone in that building in Phoenix really cared about. You could tell just watching the broadcast, they decided to sit the point guard. No Chris Paul the last seven minutes of the game. They erase an 11-point deficit. They win the game. One game isn't you know anything to overreact to. Five games now is. If I want to be the optimist for the Suns and Chris Paul, I have to think Jason Kidd is a genius and Reggie Bullock is one of the great point guard defenders in the league because maybe there's a chance that the Mavericks have developed a system, a style, a plan of action that has worked against Chris Paul, and that's why he's had such bad games the last five games. The other option is more bleak for a Suns fan. Maybe Chris Paul just doesn't have it anymore. I mean, we've never seen a point guard being effective at 38 years old. He turns 38 this year. LeBron James at 38 years old can still almost touch the top of the backboard. He can still run, jump, athletically hang with anybody in the league. Chris Paul, six feet, 170 pounds, soaking wet. Maybe his time as an elite player, he can still ball. You know, John Stockton till 42, he could still ball. But I'll ask you the question. Have we seen the last days of Chris Paul as an elite player? Or am I overreacting to the last five games? I don't think you're overreacting to the last five games at all. But I'm not sure if we've seen, you know, the last of Ely, Chris Paul. But I think what's important is what Monty Williams said after the game. Here's what Monty Williams said. I usually give him a three-minute break, and then uh, I bring him back in to go ahead and close out the game. That's been our rotation for us. But campaign came in. We had a good rhythm. I just felt like it was the move to go ahead and stay there with Cam. Chris was engaged. It was almost like he was out there. Cam did such a good job with that group. That group as a whole was pretty good on both ends of the floor, so I just rolled with it. I wouldn't necessarily say that that's worrisome coming from the head coach, but I think it's worrisome maybe from you know what's happening on the floor. If campaigns out there, you know, trying and, and look, campaigns playing for a starting job, right, Mackenzie? Like he wants to be in this league. He wants to be a starting point guard. It's not like oh, well, Chris, Chris Paul's here and, and just let him go, and, and I have to wait until Chris Paul rides off into the sunset. Like these guys are competing for jobs or competing for paychecks. So maybe maybe there's something there where, you know, I, I think you would agree, campaign a whole hell of a lot younger. Maybe he just has a whole hell of a lot more pep in his step. And if he's doing it on both ends of the floor late in the game, that could be a concern. It's true. And Cameron Payne was one of the better backups in the league. So the fact that he, you know, played a great game, he was plus nine in this game when he was on the court. I'm sorry, plus 15. Chris Paul was a minus nine. So that's a 24-point differential. So yeah, Monty Williams makes some good points and they did have a huge run. It's not it's not crazy. It's not like uh, the sky is falling. They didn't play Chris Paul the last seven minutes. But again, I'm not just talking about one game. He went one for six. They had to bench him. This is the fifth game in a row. He hasn't looked like Chris Paul. I'm not ruling him out. I'm not writing him off. But I can't bet the Suns with last year's assumptions if one of their better players is you know significantly less than he was. I think you have to wonder if that actually gets in Paul's head a little bit. And if it does, maybe we consider playing him under and maybe there is something going on where, you know, that we have a five game sample where he hasn't looked good. And now the 
backup players actually stealing minutes at the most important part of the game. So Paul's gone under his points prop now six games in a row, not just five, but he had a 12 point five for nine shooting day the game before. So that's six in a row, usually set around 14 and a half. He's gone under his points prop. Well, maybe we want to go ahead and maybe try to be proactive and go ahead and get ahead of the market because if something breaks out in the next game, there's probably a pretty good chance that it's really going to make you know the mainstream media. Uh, but with that said, let's go ahead. Let's wrap up the podcast here. Uh, that'll wrap up the quick pod. Make sure you guys go ahead and check out McKenzie and I's uh, main podcast tomorrow night on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast channel. We will be unveiling our first ever Fezzik bankroll bet. You do not want to miss that. And you do not want to miss McKenzie on Twitter. You guys can get him at Mac and Rivers. You guys can get me at sleepyj underscore pregame and you guys can always find us on the best sports betting website on the web pregame.com i'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for nba friday enjoy the game